This is the one that counts. Though. It's the one that counts. Destroy all the other TMI pods. Hello and welcome to the TMI. That's my interest podcast. I am your host, Megan. And, uh, oh, I also wanted to say that uh, one of our fans, who's my friend, said that, because uh, one time we had an argument about who was the host, who was the co-host, or we both co-hosts, <laughs> and um, the uh, listener said that, actually, since I did the first episode, I'm the host, and Rebecca, you are the co-host. Whoa. Whoa. Shots fired. Shots fired. So Always maybe I'm... the co-host, never the host. Never the host. You either you either live, wait, you either die a hero, a host. You either die a host, or live to be or, a co-host. Or... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if that or has live forever as a co-host. I <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> but I, I guess if you murder the host, you could become the co-host. But uh, please don't murder me. You I have a see, family. here is the deal, and we're already getting into a tangent. But in the Walmart management structure, <laughs> at least in 2020, this is no longer the case in 2021. There was the store manager, and then below the store manager was the co-manager. So co-manager was a step below manager, but co-manager <laughs> would act as store manager if store manager was gone and co-manager was above assistant so you tell me basically uh, what i'm trying to say is that i'm a walmart co-manager you're uh, this, this podcast is a walmart this podcast is sponsored by walmart it is not sponsored by walmart I said, <laughs> no we have no sponsors we have like eight listeners an episode uh, no <laughs> our first episode sponsored by walmart our first walmart sponsor- uh, great prices. Roll back. EDLP. Uh, Save money, live better. Is that the going Wal- back is to- that Walmart or is that? I think it's Walmart. Save money, yeah, live better. I think so. Live Moss. Oh no, Taco Bell. <laughs> Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> we are getting so much free ad space right now. What the hell? Live Moss. What does that mean? Live more. That's a terrible <laughs> slogan for Taco Bell. Yeah, it should be. <laughs> live less. Get a heart Stomach- attack. Stomach pain, moss. Get stomach pain. <laughs> Vomit. Shit a lot. <laughs> no, it should be poop moss. <laughs> and we haven't even introduced. So going back, TMI, that's my interest. I'm Megan. I live in Japan. I'm a teacher. My co-host is Rebecca, notable co-host. <laughs> um i live in northern california and i am a data analyst and uh later on we will be accompanied by our guest producer justin <laughs> yes first guest of the pod friend of the pod no yeah we won't have a guest producer but uh my boyfriend justin will be in the room at some point through the podcast so if you hear any strange rustling in the background uh it is not the rats that live under my bed it is my boyfriend who maybe is you know 20 rats in a trench coat unsure you know you said it (laughs) i said it and he's not here so he doesn't know did you have you watched bojack horseman no i have not oh 
there's this character that I'm pretty sure is three kids in a trench coat. Oh, yeah. I, I've seen, like, pictures. I forget his name. I'm actually not sure if he's three kids in a trench coat. Uh, one of the beauties is they really never revealed that. Oh, that's kind of cool. <laughs> and now we're going to talk about stuff. Uh, also known as structured chit-chat. Bam. Oh, yeah. And uh, Rebecca, you had something really exciting happen today, right? Today is a big day for me because I got my COVID vaccine. Yeah. I need to like Woo! edit in like some horns. I don't know how to do that. <laughs> so Horn sound. good times. I yes. Got- and, and which vaccine did you get, Rebecca? I was just about to say I got the Johnson and Johnson vaccine. So that means I am one and done, baby. That is what everybody wants, right? Like, isn't that the most sought after vaccine? I mean, at least according to my father who knows everything. <laughs> I I mean, my attitude has always been, and I would advocate for everyone to have this attitude that the best vaccine is the one that is available to you. But it just so happened that the vaccine available to me was Johnson & Johnson, which if I had a choice, I, I would have chosen Johnson & Johnson. Oh. So not to say that it's better. I just like that it's one shot. That's pretty cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. That is nice that you don't have to go back. Uh, and didn't you say you had kind of an interesting story about how you were able to get the vaccine? Yeah, so... um I guess it's not like terribly interesting, but I guess like in comparison, in comparison to how you would get a typical vaccine, I personally get the flu vaccine every year. And when I get that vaccine, I just go to my local target and get the vaccine while I'm shopping. And I think that's a lot of people's experience when they get flu vaccine, either they get it at like a grocery store or a pharmacy or their doctor's office something like that. And you obviously can get the COVID vaccine at a doctor's office. You also like increasingly more and more can get it at like Walmart, Target, etc. But I got my vaccine at a Coliseum and yeah. it was a drive-through vaccine, which is pretty interesting. Wild. Yeah. It's wild. Like I, it felt very, I don't know apocalyptic sounds very negative. Whereas, you know, obviously getting the vaccine is a very positive thing, but it was just like, it felt like something out of a movie. So weird to like, you know, drive up and like, you know, roll down my window and then like put my arm out and then like just get the vaccine. And it's like, everything is very much, you drive in, they check your reservation, they check your ID, you like drive through, they've got like cones set up and everything. And then they check your ID like again at the end you get the vaccine and then you actually have to wait 15 minutes like you park and wait 15 minutes to see if you have any immediate negative reaction and then if That's you don't idea. you just drive away so um, yeah so far it's I was vaccinated at this point probably about four or five hours ago so far just my arm is sore but it's my understanding that like Everyone I've talked to who has gotten Johnson and Johnson said that the following day they did feel pretty sick. So I do anticipate that tomorrow I won't feel very well, but it's a small price to pay to not be hospitalized with COVID-19. 
I definitely agree. <laughs> Do you have any idea when the vaccine will be available to you? I don't know. Uh, Japan's being very slow on that front. Uh, right now, they have given it to some healthcare workers, and then they waited a month to see what would happen. And they just opened the first kind of preliminary vaccines of the elderly, um, but it was a very small mm. number. They had kind of like a the sign up system, like the, the the list filled up in like ten minutes or some crazy mm. shit. Like it was. But I mean, that's also Japan. I don't know. Summer, late summer, September would be nice. I'm hoping that once Japan actually gets it rolling, it might be faster to get it to everyone, but unsure. Well, I mean, there are obviously less people in Japan than there are in the United States. I wonder if they will do drive-through vaccinations in Japan. The issue I would, I would feel like could occur in Japan is that you said that people signed up really quickly, but I'm like, Japan is so in my experience behind when it comes to like online. And for example, when I ordered a transcript from my Japanese university, <laughs> oh my God, the process online was such a pain. And I couldn't even order my transcript as a PDF. They wouldn't, they don't do digital transcripts, wow. Wow. which is crazy. My university in the U.S. does digital ones. I'm not sure. Really? I ordered one and had my dad scan it for me. Well, not him. He's bad at computers, but someone at work scanned it for me. Okay. That's interesting because my, my, what's nice is um, I went to the University of Arizona for my undergrad. And I guess because it's like a large public university, um, I was able to like get my transcript sent to me as a PDF and then and it's my official transcripts, so I just saved it. Now I don't have to pay for it, like, again, every time I need it. Oh, I, I don't have to pay when I get my transcript. I get it for free. Oh. They'll mail it to me for free. Are you serious? It costs yep. me $15 every time uh, I order a transcript. It cost me 20, 15 to 20 for my diplo- for a copy of my diploma, but mm. for my transcript, uh, free for life. Do you have your diploma framed? Not really. I had it in one of those um you know they give you like the diploma holder or maybe you order it but you can get like a diploma holder and mm-hmm. i think i had it in that but i also think i like spilled something on it mm. so i that i happened... do not not to interrupt you that happened with my japanese transcript i didn't spill anything on it but like it it like i brought it outside after like it had rained and so it got a little bit like damn sucks yeah but i would order a new diploma anyway uh because i didn't know where it was in my parents house and i needed it to apply to a grad school that i ended up not applying to but now i gotta have my dad send it to japan because i need uh, a copy uh the uh, like not a copy i need the original for my new job oh my god talk about your <laughs> new job megan yeah so i got a new job uh up until now i've been an alt in japan which stands for assistant language teacher uh through the jet program which is a big program organization that sends uh, foreigners to japan to teach english as alts and i've done this for almost five years and i'm so tired of it being an alt mm. is weird it can be really depressing because you're yep. the only foreigner in the school Mm -hmm. and so people just don't know how to interact with you even Mm -hmm. though I speak pretty good Japanese and also everyone is always busy like Japanese teachers specifically public school teachers are super overworked so everyone's busy and I just like don't know where I fit in and I just it's just it's just gotten to be too much and I started looking for a job and I intended 
to do it at, well the end of my contract I'm getting a lot of information here and I found a job that was perfect for me it's teaching science and English in the same city so uh, that I'm in basically and I sent in my resume and I think they really need to fill a position and they, e- they like called me and interviewed me like on the spot basically and then the next day offered me the job that is so freaking awesome when you told me about it I was so excited for you this is the perfect job for you I'm <laughs> Things are happening for you, Megan. Everybody has that reaction. Everybody thinks this is a perfect job for me. It's very encouraging. I still have like whiplash because this is like all happened in the span of a week. And on Friday, I had to tell my school that I'm actually leaving earlier than my contract, which I don't think is a big deal because while I do add some positivity to school, I'm an assistant teacher and I am not essential. And like before every exam, I always have my classes canceled because they need to cover the exam material. So obviously the exam material is like more important than I am. So like, they're going to be fine without me. Mm-hmm. Fine. I felt the same way when I was an ALT. Yeah. Rebecca also used to be an ALT. Yes. To middle yeah. schoolers though, not high schoolers. Yeah. But I'm going to teach junior high school students with my new job. Oh my God. In my opinion, in Japan, middle school is where it's at. <laughs> really? Yes, when I requested, I when I applied for the ALT position, I specifically requested junior high school because what I had heard and what I saw of my fellow ALTs when I did become one is that high school is obviously, well, maybe not obvious to listeners, but it's very serious in Japan. Um, <laughs> well, I guess maybe it's not as serious in certain areas, but like Serious in the sense of like, people are really, the idea is that you'll be prepping really hard to get into college. If you want to go to college, that's, you know, a big deal. And I guess you could say in middle school too, they are prepping really hard to go to the high schools that they want to go to. So there's that. So yeah. Can I give a brief uh, overview of the Japanese school system? So in Japan, you have elementary, uh, which is one through sixth grade. Then you have junior high school which is three years so that's seventh through ninth grade so that includes what would be the first year of high school senior high school in the u.s and then high school here is uh grades 10 through 12 elementary and junior high school is compulsory students have to go there uh so they go to middle school and then when you graduate middle school you 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 don't have to go to high school um but about 99 percent of japanese youth do go to high school but you have to apply to high school kind of like college And if you want to go to a good high school, you need to have good grades as a 15 year old. Uh, And so because of that, high schools are very, you can have, I kind of have a mid range kind of lower academic school, but you could have a really serious high academic school. So it just, it's really interesting how much that changes. And that's for public schools. That's for public high schools. But that is a good point to know about your, your junior high school uh, views. Cause you're right. It could be more chill. I loved teaching junior high school because I felt like I got the best of both worlds because my first year students, which would be the equivalent of seventh grade in the United States, were still kind of like elementary school students. Like they're very young and like innocent and sweet for the most part. And then my older students, my ninth graders were like more mature, like high schoolers. So I felt like I got both although my ninth graders were stressed about getting into like the high school that they wanted, I feel like that stress has to be compounded at the high school level. Yeah. And then furthermore, ALTs who teach at the high school level oftentimes 
will write full lesson plans and lead class. You do that? I do that as a high school, okay. which is also what I'm going to be doing in my new job. Okay. So then that's awesome. I would say when I was an ALT, emphasis on assistant because yeah, I, was, yeah, I that's my barely led class as a junior high school ALT. The only time I led class was when I would well, I would, I would lead on special like event days, like when I was teaching them about Christmas or something, but, and then when I would visit elementary schools, which is what I would do when they were oh, yeah. taking exams, I would visit and teach at elementary schools. And then I would lead class. But other than that, I, on a daily basis, absolutely not. Yeah. That's my understanding about junior high school. See, I wouldn't like that. I like planning my own lessons and having the freedom. That part is one thing I do like about high school, uh, ALT life, but my new school is a private school and it's a pretty, I think it's a pretty, I don't know if I don't know if I want to say prestigious, but it's hard to get into. And, um, it's for, it's for Japanese students, but in the junior high, what they do is they do a dual system where students take classes in both Japanese and English. So like half of the classes are in Japanese and then they have a class with a foreign teacher and it's it's actually usually two foreign teachers they do do like a team teaching thing I think that's how that works and then in high school the students can make a decision between just taking all their classes in Japanese like if they want to maybe go to university in Japan or taking all their classes in English if they maybe want to take all their classes if they want to like go to a a broad university so pretty cool also this podcast episode probably won't release for like another five weeks because we're behind on a couple episodes and also we are going to change our release schedule and it's probably gonna be we just release a full episode uh, every other week mm-hmm. since i'm gonna be busy preparing for and then doing my new job mm-hmm. up and- to this point megan has been doing the bulk of the editing so please send your thank yous <laughs> and appreciation to megan Thank you. But yeah, uh, Becky ha- or Rebecca has uh, been trying to get in on the editing game too. Slowly bit, but surely. Okay. So do you want to jump into... To- oh, before that, I do want to dedicate today's episode to our number one fan. Do you, uh, do you know who our number one fan is, Rebecca? Number one fan has got to be a pretty cool person. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I would say that our number one fan is Rebecca. <laughs> the, the, reason I, the reason I say this and want to bring it up is that so uh, Rebecca is our, basically she does the quality control. So I do most of the editing and then she listens to the episode to see if like I made it, if I messed up somewhere or if there's something we should change. And every time she's listening to them, I just get these text messages and she's just like, oh my God, we're so funny. I love listening to this. I'm so funny. We're the best podcast. And you know what? If we have no listeners, at the very least, uh, our number one fans are already on the podcast, so I guess we're doing great. The, the podcast's number one fan truly enjoys the content. I'm <laughs> you know something? I am fine with being our hype man. You are a hype man. Or our hype indeed. woman. Hype, hype woman. woman. Hype person, indeed. <laughs> I believe in us. <laughs> we we do crack me up but i'll stop there i recently just edited the playboy episode and that episode cracked me up 
I so was like, funny. oh my god i hope all of our we some of our jokes are a little racy so we're we're, we're pondering if we're gonna keep them <laughs> and, and i hope we do and you guys get to experience what i experienced i told my mom one of the racy jokes and she was really into it do you want to go to today's topic yeah all right oh, uh so as always rebecca texts me a hint i give her a hint uh what was this the your hint your hint this time was a bit sad you were like the hint this time so last time rebecca was like when i talked about the playboy episode i you know said it was controversial but uh this one as i researched it you just felt sad not sad i felt emotional oh you didn't say what emotion did you i think i just said emotional what does that mean were you angry were you horny were you like many emotions Okay, horny. I want everyone to who has. I don't know what the topic is. I want you to look at your phone, look at the topic, and just think that that made <laughs> turned on. Oh God, what is this? Hey. And then she's like, "We're going to talk about Nazis." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah no. I, I, I guess that is a topic that could make you emotional, though. Nazis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, topic reveal time. The thing that makes Rebecca horny. The thing that makes me emotional. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, the thing that makes her emotional. Okay, so the way I will reveal this topic actually is I will ask that you open Ah. up the Google Doc. (gasps) Why is this about Selena? I thought about doing an episode on Selena. Oh my god, are you serious? Yes, but I did it because I got the idea from um my favorite murder. Oh my god, we're gonna cry. This oh is so god. good. I love oh my it. god. I'm so happy you were excited like me because I I was so excited about this topic. Oh my god, you're right. This is related. Queen of Tejano is what it was. Oh my god, Selena. I think is that you say her name Selena? Is that how you're supposed to say it? Selena? I say Selena because that's Selena. how I've been watching the series on Netflix and they've been saying Selena. Oh my god, I know about this. I watched, I I know you're going to ask me questions. I've seen the movie. Ask me your questions. Let's go. I've already <laughs> revealed some feelings. I oh have. my god, I'm so stoked that we are starting off with such good energy. Before I ask you the questions within the doc, just to describe for oh. like, So opening up uh, in our doc, we have a picture. Uh, it is labeled Selena Quintanilla Perez. Is that how you say your full name? I think so. Okay. Uh, AKA Selena, Queen of Tejano. I assume that's how you say that. That's how I said it before. Yes. Uh, anyway, it's a picture of her holding up a an award. A Grammy. Do you, I, don't, I didn't know that's what Grammys look like. Uh, an award, which is a gold record player, which is apparently a Grammy. Yes. Uh, she has her hair done up beautifully, big, all kind of piled up on top of her head with uh, kind of curls. She's wearing these kind of diamondy earrings and a lovely diamondy looking dress that uh, reveals her shoulders and kind of goes around her neck. Yes. And I... she looks stunning. Yeah. Selena is so beautiful. It's funny because I, when you mentioned Tejano in the last episode, I had already decided like that I was going to do my episode about Selena and I was like I wonder like how much Megan knows about Selena and so I didn't even mention her I didn't even think about her being related to country music at all oh my god okay so cool because yeah I included the picture because I thought well like I don't even know if Megan really knows like what Selena looks like I mean I feel like most people (laughs) are aware of Selena's existence but like 
I think if you're outside of like the American Southwest, you may not be super familiar outside of the JLo film. But didn't she, she's from Texas, right? Yes. Is it South, is Southwest not an accurate description of where Texas is? Located? It is, it is. But <laughs> I just find it interesting that you think, I mean, I didn't know because I, I mean, I'm very fond of Texas, as I've mm. mentioned it. I'm not from Texas, but mm. my family, some parts of my family are from Texas. So I just mm. thought it was strange that you were like, Megan might not know outside the Southwest, but I'm like connected to the look, Southwest. Yeah, look at me, look at me making assumptions. But, yeah, so well, I made that assumption, honestly, because like I myself did not know much about Selena up until recently. Like I took it upon myself to research her because her, the anniversary of her passing um, was recently. Um, yeah. And I will say, actually, I don't know that much about her outside of the movie. I listened to that one podcast episode uh, about from My Favorite Murder, and I've seen the movie, but, like, I've known a lot, like, about, I, I think that movie was really great in getting her story out there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I haven't really listened to her music on my own or anything. But uh, anyway, ask me your well, questions. Yeah, <laughs> Unless ready. I've already answered. But, yeah, my questions were basically, do you know who Selena is? And if so... Like, can you tell me what you know about her? Uh, yeah, I know who she is. When I was a child, my cousin really liked the movie. And I basically got exposed to a lot of different media because my older cousin, who I really, I guess, kind of idolized, uh, did stuff. That's how I watched Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Charmed and some stuff that was a little over my age range. <laughs> but um, she, so I, I've seen the movie several times. And that's mostly what I know about it. I knew about her from the movie. You know, it was a good movie. It was, and she is like a love. I mean, it's a lovely story. She was very talented, very beautiful. Yeah. And I know that she had a tragic ending. She was mm-hmm. murdered by her kind of friend at one point. Mm-hmm. Uh, head of her fan club at one point. Worked for her her and her family at one point uh but this woman who was just like obsessed with her and obviously not uh went off was all the off the rails because she killed her yes yes that's a good kind of a brief summary of like selena and her life and then i was going to ask you what do you know about tejano music well i mentioned it in my country music podcast um but i didn't really dive deep into it so i'm excited to learn more about it Mm -hmm. i know that it has to do with texas and my mind (laughs) mexican americans and the type of music that came from mexico Mm -hmm. and i know that it had some influence on country music and i know a few of uh i know some of selena's music it's mostly from the movie but um I don't associate that with country music. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's going to be relevant at all. That's just mm-hmm. uh, what I'm. My thoughts mm-hmm. on that are. No, no, definitely. That those are also good notes on Tejano music. Basically, I will be kind of like going through her life in this podcast and her music and her overall cultural significance because although. Yeah selena lived a very short life and died a very tragic death she accomplished so much in such a short amount of time and truly broke down like huge barriers and allowed for like artists that came after her to 
succeed. And I think she inspired a lot of people. Um, she was hugely significant to the Mexican and Mexican American communities in the United States. Um, do you know how old she was when she died? She's 23. Oh my God, 23? Yeah, she, well, oh my gosh. Was, she was only two weeks away from her 24th birthday, but so young. So young. I thought she was going to be like late 20s. I, yeah. Like At the not, very least. Not even. It's really sad, but you'll kind of learn. She had, for her age, a long career because she mm-hmm. started performing so young. All right. Well, this is sad. I got chills. I'm already Me emotional. Too. Me too. <laughs> Um, but you know what it is before I begin, I think part of the reason why, like, I feel emotional about it and like chills and why a lot of people feel that way beyond the fact that her like work in life is so culturally significant is because from everything that I read and everything I've seen, Selena is seemingly like such a good genuine person i was gonna say that she definitely seemed like a good genuine person like i uh with the woman who i remember listening i think this was in the my favorite murder podcast with the woman who eventually murdered her she like considered her selena considered her a friend and also she like ended up like the woman i think like scan like stole money from them or something and i her i think her family might not have told her because they didn't want her like heart to be broken about it because she i think was just such a nice person that she would have probably reacted really like negatively to that mm-hmm. and that that's also the impression that i got she mm-hmm. didn't seem like a diva or anything not at all but to begin um talking about her life a bit so selena quintanilla which is her birth name was okay. born on april 16th 1971 in lake jackson texas First of all, Megan, do you know where this is? I don't. It's I assume it's probably like a suburb of like Dallas or Houston or something. Where where is? It? I think it's close to Corpus Christi. Do you know where Corpus my grandfather Christi is? Was born in Corpus Christi. Okay, because um, this is sort of skipping ahead, but the family moves to Corpus Christi, and that's where the majority of her life was spent. Cool. Um, but anyways. yes so she's huge a huge icon obviously in general but in texas especially actually in terms of my sources for this podcast i I did use wikipedia but i also use the (laughs) texas state historical association because they have like a document on her (laughs) Um, all right get it texas and uh like biography.com and the grammys website and stuff i used his sources so she is known as the Queen of Tejano, the Tejano Madonna, or the Mexican yeah. Madonna. Just in terms of like a few of her achievements, her album, Ven Conmigo, was the first Tejano album to achieve gold status in the United States, which is 500, over 500,000 albums sold. She nice. Seven number one hits on the US Latin chart. She was selected as the Female Vocalist of the Year nine consecutive times at the Tejano Music Awards. She designed... So like nine years in a row? Yes. So that like every year she was there? Basically every year. Because <laughs> like if she was 23 and she got that yeah. nine year, like she had to be since she was like 14. She started singing professionally when she was 10. 
so i'm shaking my head and uh that's pretty shocking that's crazy another cool thing uh, we'll talk about a little bit later but she designed all her own stage outfits she's very notable for her fashion sense it reminds me of that scene in the movie about the like bustier and her like dad's all mad about it he's like that's a bra she's like it's a bustier (laughs) (laughs) anyway oh my god something very interesting that people may not know uh because i feel like if you're just to see her or hear about her you obviously hear that like she sang in spanish so i feel like Mm -hmm. the assumption would be that spanish was her native language but it wasn't she didn't speak spanish right she didn't speak spanish she english was her native language and she learned spanish to appeal to her audience and like be able to connect with them so just like but more evidence of a genuine heart right she but she did she sing some songs in english of course yeah she did sing in english um and her ultimate goal was to be a crossover star and that was actually the objective of her record label as well sadly she died before like they could see that goal accomplished yeah i'm probably getting ahead but i assume didn't she like release didn't an album get released posthumously after she died and there's that song at the end of the movie. Oh, God, I'm going to cry. <laughs> yeah. Dreaming of you. Tonight. Oh, God, I'm going to cry. I know. Oh, I like feel Such a sad it. song because they like, oh, God, I'm going to cry. I think at the end of the movie, I feel them. The tears are here. Oh, Ooh, God, the so scene emotion. at the end of the movie, like in the empty, don't they do like an empty arena or something? Oh, my God, I want to watch this movie so bad and cry. Okay. Oh, I'm emotional. We're going to talk about the media that has come out portraying her because there's also now a Netflix series. I'm not sure. Yeah, I have to watch that. I am almost done with the first season. The second season drops in May. They have two seasons of it? Yeah, they split her life into like two parts. So, oh. Is it a yeah. documentary kind of thing? Mm, well, I mean, it's the it story of her drama? life, but it's a drama. Oh, um, okay. So kind okay, of like, like the, the movie. movie. Yeah. Like the movie was yeah, dra- dra- dramatization. Yes. Some info about her early life. Selena began singing at a very young age. So her dad claims that he recognized her vocal talent as young as age six. But like documents that I read said she began singing at eight and became the lead singer of the family band, which was called Selena y Los Dinos, which is in (laughs) English, uh, Selena and the boys (laughs) at age 10. So incredibly young. Her father, Abraham, was a former yeah. musician and his band when he was playing was called Los Dinos. So that's where the name the boys. comes from. Yeah, the boys. I'm like, oh. mm. I think about that. I'm like, there was a band and they're just called the boys. The boys. The boys. Me and the boys. Yes. Just making some music. I don't know. Yeah. I think I feel like it's good to I mean, I assume I assume there would be many bands named that if you were the first person to get famous with that. I feel like you had a gym though. That's true. Kind of like having like an OG username on like, I don't it's know, like, AIM. Yeah, it's like we have TMI. <laughs> exactly. We are, the, we are the one and only TMI. No, we are. That's why this is called That's My Interest. TMI, That's My Interest because it was just the TMI pod. I think there's like at least eight of those when I Googled it. This is the one that counts. Though. It's the one that counts. Destroy all the other TMI pods send them hate mail no i'm just kidding don't send anyone don't send anyone hate mail don't send anyone hate mail i retract we don't that's not our brand our brand is to send love mail 
Or send, <laughs> yeah, send them love mails. Smother them with so much love that they stop podcasting. Yes, that's our <laughs> method. <laughs> um, okay. By the way, just just so you're aware, I actually haven't seen the film with J-Lo. So, really? Yeah, I know. I need to see it, and I, I'm going to hmm. rent it. I'm actually not a big fan of Jennifer Lopez, but I do want to see the film because I've heard a lot of good things. I have, however... I've almost finished the Netflix series. and like, Well, I've seen the movie, as I've mentioned. I have some scenes I remember from it. I'll sprinkle it in. I don't know how accurate things are, but uh, it was a good movie. Okay, cool. Brought, cool. brought Selena to white people. Although, yes. I mean, I guess, I guess people who speak Spanish and Mexican-Americans can also be white people. You know what? It, this is this is a side. This is a, an aside. Never people mind. Know what white mean. people is always a social construct. Okay. Uh, how about non-Hispanic white people? <laughs> non-Hispanic white people, yes. You know like how they the have census. To, you put it in like, the census, yeah. <laughs> like any form you've had to fill out, yes. The movie that brought Selena to non-Hispanic mm-hmm. white people. Yes. So Abraham managed and produced the family band. And he owned a restaurant called Papagayo or Papagayos, which I think means carrot in spanish now i oh that's interesting but now i want mexican food i trust i'm actually pretty hungry but i'm gonna make it through this pod (laughs) power through i won't talk about food anymore (laughs) no food okay so that is where selena y los dinos would play originally it was a family band as i mentioned so suzette which was um selena's older sister played the drums and then a b her brother played the bass guitar. In the 1980s, there was an oil recession that hit in Texas and caused their restaurant to go out of business. So I remember that in the movie too. I'm just gonna say that, even if I <laughs> every don't. Every single time I say something, but yeah, in the movie. When they lost the restaurant, they unfortunately um, were evicted from their home in Lake Jackson. And had to move to Corpus Christi. Uh, that's why they moved to Corpus Christi. Mm-hmm. I um, remember that in the movie. <laughs> when they moved to Corpus Christi, their, you know, despite the setbacks their family experienced, the band, their popularity continued yeah. to grow as the band <clears throat> begins to play at weddings, quinceañeras, like any type of local event that they can perform at, they begin to, you know pick up steam I guess this continues throughout Selena's childhood up until around eighth grade which is when Abraham decides to pull Selena from school to perform for the band full-time which is obviously a controversial decision and one that was yeah great yeah so she was like 13 yes however uh do not uh fret because Selena did receive her high school diploma from a correspondence school okay, and cool. actually attended college as well. Really? Yes. She hmm. attended Pacific Western University, which is another like school that you can attend at a at a distance or whatever. Okay. Like a correspondence um, university. I assume she didn't complete her uh, undergraduate. Sure. I don't know how you would work full-time and do distance school and complete it in the same amount of time as somebody who's going to school physically like full-time but 
maybe she did. I didn't see anything that confirmed or denied that, but she did attend Pacific Western University. And fun fact, she was accepted to Louisiana State, but she didn't go. Oh, LSU. Damn. Yes. Do you know what she studied? I'm not sure. Was she focusing on anything? I'm not sure. It didn't say in the articles that I read, but that's a good question. Obviously, they yeah. focused more on her musical career, but I thought yeah, of this course. was an interesting footnote. So yeah, she was pulled from school around eighth grade to perform for the band full time. And the band continued to grow and grow and grow. And at the 1989 Tejano Music Awards, Selena was scouted by a man named Jose Bejar. I hope I am pronouncing that correctly. Okay. Um, so she's like 17 or 18 at this point? Yes. Yes. So he is from the newly founded EMI Records Latin division. Okay. Um, and they were the first band to be signed to EMI Latin. Cool. Yes. Very cool. When they were signed, the record label decided to promote the band no longer as Selena y Los Dinos and just Selena because as I said before, their ultimate goal was to be a crossover success, to be able to record fully in English. And they felt like, you know, uh, American yeah. English speaking people would not like relate to Selena and the boys. Yeah. Or like if they, they translated in English, if, you know, if they translate or if they didn't, like it just doesn't flow. Yeah. Non-Hispanic white people <laughs> wouldn't get that. They would think it had to do with dinosaurs what look at read it and then don't read it like spanish (laughs) selena and the dinosaurs now i i like i was like at first i was like that's good but then it just sounds like she's backed up by a bunch of old people (laughs) (laughs) you're so right oh my god but and that is like but couldn't be further from the truth. Everyone in the band is so young. So um, young. They are signed to this record label. And her brother, A.B., became her principal record producer and songwriter. Her debut album, which was entitled Selena, was released in 1989 and contained, I don't know if you know this or if this was in the movie because I haven't seen it. It contained a Spanish language cover of Sukiyaki by Q Sakamoto. Yes. Oh my God, what? I, I did not know that. I know. Oh okay, my God, I gotta go have, listen to that. I've included in the document for your listening pleasure um, okay. that cover. And I know that like the listeners of the podcast will not be able to hear it. You so we won't listen to we, it? Yeah, we won't listen to the full thing but just so you get like a um i'm trying to remember do i i don't know if i remember the sukiyaki song in japanese that i must know it right it's that does that ring a bell sounds like sounds like karaoke you yeah exactly it's like every single karaoke that's like what is performed yeah all right uh that was interesting so they rewrote the lyrics in spanish and 
Yes, they rewrote uh-huh. the lyrics in Spanish based off of, unfortunately, based off of the like already. So like an English speaking vocalist translated the lyrics to English and then sang the song in English and they based their Spanish translation off that English translation. So it's kind of like distance from the original. I would like somebody to speak Spanish and Japanese to sit side by side mm-hmm. with these lyrics mm-hmm. and Japanese lyrics and see how far they changed in between those like two translations. It's like when you just like go back and forth on Google Translate like first you do the English and then like gives you Japanese and you put that Japanese into Google and then you get the English and then you put it back in and you end up with like something weird. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Sorry I'm making noise. Okay, uh, cool. All right, do you want me to, are we listening to the next song now or soon or should I stop? Okay, I'm going to stop my screen sharing. You can stop screen sharing. Thank you. That was a fun fact. Yes, but I thought that was like interesting. Blew my mind. I love the original. So I feel like a lot of people do. Um, But anyways, so that was one of the songs on her debut album, Selena. Cool. Um, Around the same time that her debut album was released, a man named Chris Perez joined the band as a new guitarist. Is this the man she marries? Yes, it is. I remember Spoiler that from the movie. Alert. Yeah. Again. <laughs> but so around the same time, um, Chris Perez joined the band, as I said, and Selena and Chris developed feelings for one another. But Selena's father disapproved of the parent. It's in the movie. It's I'm in, so annoying with that. In I'm just the movie. It's in the movie. <laughs> I, mean, I haven't even seen the movie, so I don't know. I'm, just, I'm letting you know. You don't need to see the movie. You're telling me the plot of it. You have the plot of the movie. I don't even need to see it. I bet the film did not include Sukiyaki, so. Does the TV show include Sukiyaki? Yep. All right. They're winning. See? Gotta watch the TV show. Anyways, um, so the two of them, Chris and Selena tried to put like distance between like one another because of the fact that Abraham did not approve of their pairing as well as um, the fact that Chris actually had a girlfriend. Um, Ooh, drama. I literally titled this section of my notes drama. Drama. Mm -hmm. But they tried to put distance between the two. Telenovela now. Exactly. (laughs) But uh, according to Chris, uh, it was impossible to like maintain the distance and the two of them confessed their feelings to one another in a pizza hut and began dating secretly thereafter this is around I, 1990 i want that to be in the movie i don't remember if it if they were in a pizza place but that would be a great detail to put oh my god i haven't gotten that far in the netflix series i really hope that when they admit their love it's in a pizza hut it specifically says multiple sources specifically say (laughs) they confess their love in a pizza hut this episode is sponsored by pizza hut live moss (laughs) oh my god i brought up spanish at the beginning of this episode before i even knew i I brought i brought taco bell i was like um Taco but, Bell, which is the uh, non-Hispanic white version of, uh, of, of, of Mexican food. Is that like... True. But the thing <laughs> is, like, I know like plenty of Hispanic people. I meant, like I meant if Taco Bell was a person, 
never mind. <laughs> I I, we all know what you're trying to say. It's watered down Mexican food. And that's, that's being generous with the description. Of I, you know, as negative as I have been about Taco Bell thus far through this episode, I actually love Taco Bell. I would love some fucking Taco Bell right now because I can't get that shit in Japan. You can in Tokyo. Yeah, well, I don't live in Tokyo. I live right. far from Tokyo. Also, Osaka would be closer. I think they have one in Osaka. Osaka They had an Okonomiyaki burrito in the Osaka Taco Bell. That would get me to Taco Bell. I haven't been to Taco Bell in, like, years. That would get me to Taco Bell. And didn't they, like, get rid of the potatoes? Um, They might have brought them back. In Taco Bell in the U.S. or Japan? In the U.S., I'm not sure because I literally haven't been to Taco Bell since probably 2014. Justin used to work at Taco Bell. No way. (laughs) Yep. That's a fun fact. It's a fun fact. Okay. (laughs) He's cackling. All right. Anyways, confess the love in the Pizza Hut. Very romantic. This is around the year 1990. Um, However... Suzette. I like sorry, D1990. Do you mean um three uh wait, do you mean BM3? <laughs> <laughs> For those who do not know what we are talking about, we are referring to the year that history started, the greatest year of all time. 93, when both Rebecca and I were born. Sorry, I should include you in that. So it should be uh 1990, also known as three BMR. Yeah. BMR before Megan and Rebecca. Yeah. Before TMI. It could just be BTMI. <laughs> no, because TMI was was made in 2021. But we were made in 1993. All right. Drama. Back to the drama. 1990. This is when the Pizza Hut confession happens. And this is <laughs> this I feel is impressive. So according to the timeline, Suzette. Selena's sister saw the two of them flirting with one another on the tour bus and told their father in in or around 1992. The thing that is so impressive to me is the love confession happened in 1990. Does that mean they secretly dated for two years? All right. And they were all in the same band and the sister didn't know for two years. I don't know if like there's inaccuracies with the timeline because that seems insane to me. Yeah. So it was a 92 that the father said they couldn't be together. 92. Well, he had like earlier, he didn't like, I think he made it known, but like Ah. they weren't discovered to be dating until 92. I think there's some sneaky business going on. Sneaky, which is crazy because they all like. Sounds pretty hot. Same tour bus. I, it does sound pretty hot. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> Sounds pretty hot. Not going to lie to you. But anyways, so also another aside with that Suzette thing. Why did she tell the dad? I was just thinking that when you said that she told the dad, I was like, what kind of fucking betrayal is that? Like, what kind of sister? Oh, what? I mean, what the fuck? Why are you being a narc, dude? Was, what was this? Was this man bad news? Like, I mean, they trust him enough to play in the band. Did he, does he like, did he, was he a drinker? Did he do drugs? Like, did they not like him? For whatever reason, um, well, I guess for one, they would 
have reason to be legitimately concerned if he was in a serious relationship but um I'm not sure how serious that relationship was but um yeah that's true that's true I forgot he was he didn't have a girlfriend that 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 part's a little um, that's rough but um but I think like he I think like Selena's dad viewed him as kind of like oh typical like slimy like quote-unquote rock star type um and like not good enough for his daughter um Mm -hmm. fun fact uh selena and her family were jehovah's witnesses so i don't know if that had to yeah i didn't know that either that i don't think that made in the movie or was not made apparent to me wow it's not in the it's not in the netflix series they were jehovah's witnesses Mm mm-hmm that's so interesting like part of the reason why i feel like a lot of their content is so wholesome anyways when it was uncovered by the father abraham that they were dating he pulled perez off the bus and told him their relationship was over but they didn't listen and continued to secretly see one another of course they did of course they did i would do the same and (laughs) Once Abraham found out that they were still seeing one another after he reprimanded him, he fired Perez from the band. Yeah. And like there was like physical distance put between them. I think he at one point threatened to disband like the group if they were to continue dating, which is so extreme. So extreme, rude. Especially because at that point in like the year 1992, how old is Selena at this point? Like 20? Yeah. Like you said she was born 71. Yeah. So she's, she's like, like 21. She's fully an adult. This yeah, she's an adult. That's nuts. A massive overreach of like yeah. parental control. I, for, I think it partially has to do with the fact that he was their manager as well. So like, I think he had dual roles and like, it seems like from everything I've read and seen that he was like a pretty controlling person. So anyways- Sucks though. Once he fired Perez, uh, still they continued to secretly see one another. And on April 2nd, 1992, they eloped, which you will see in the document. Um, I have a wedding picture of the two of them, which is very cute. He is handsome. I know. I know. And he is also the guy who plays him in the Netflix series is also a handsome guy. So like right, the two I... of them, like power couple. They're so cute. Wow. They are beautiful. They're really oh my beautiful God. So couple. yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll describe the picture. It is Selena and her now her husband, Chris Perez. And uh, they're standing. She's wearing a white dress. It doesn't look like a stereotypical wedding dress, but yeah, it's just a nice white dress. He's wearing a suit. He's got a little corsage. He's got this cool necklace that's like yeah. white. It's like white and kind of lace. It's got like a lacy square on the front. Interesting. Uh, her hair's up and uh, he's very handsome. He it looks like he has long hair that's pulled back to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think um, yeah, two very beautiful people there in like a room. I can't really see the background. There's like some kind of door behind them, a white wall, and there's some flowers next to them. I assume this is probably like the wedding chapel that they eloped in. Um, yes, I don't know the details of the picture, but yeah, they are a super cute couple. 
Um, yes, they're gorgeous. Yeah, they're like, imagine if they would have had kids. I was just thinking that they, yeah, Super two would have made very beautiful children. And those kids would be close to our age. <laughs> <laughs> they would have been, yeah. But they'd be really good at music too. Oh my God. Yeah, you're so right. The but, world really missed out. I know. There's so many reasons to be sad about this. But anyways, um, at first when Abraham, the father, found out, he was obviously really upset. But then he relented, apologized to Perez, accepted their marriage, and allowed him back in the band. So all was like, mm-hmm. well, in the end, but I, he really threw a fit in, you know, before. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess once they were married, he was like, well, I guess they're serious. I mean, he, he has to at that point accept it. But I think, yeah, sounds like he was God, Can you imagine breaking that news? Oh. Hey, Dad! Um, we're married. Oh, my God. Well, part of their motivation for getting married, Selena felt like, supposedly, if they got married, that he would be forced to take the relationship seriously, which yeah. actually- 100%. She's right. She was right. Um, so so yeah 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 that that was a very bad like oversight on their dad's part she literally like he like i mean they they seem serious about each other they probably would have gotten married anyway but like we don't know if he had like you know not been so heavy-handed it may have ended anyway you never know like mm -hmm. he he, like rushed them getting married yeah he pushed them together yeah listen Um, nothing makes you at like that age or younger nothing makes you want to be with someone more than yes. someone trying to pull you apart that's exactly what i was gonna say like for parents with youngsters the worst thing you could probably i mean me um as a 27 year old single not single unmarried woman mm-hmm. with um no children i'm gonna give you advice you know if you tell your teenagers not to do something she wasn't even a teenager she was 20 if you tell your kids not to do something they're Make probably gonna do it to do it more literally me with my parent my mom's like well i'll be like just something mundane i'll be like oh i should probably brush my teeth i haven't done it yet she's like yeah you should brush your teeth and i'm like i don't fucking brush my teeth now mom tell me what to do don't tell me who i I am dirty teeth i'm an adult i can pay for the dentist (laughs) oh my god i remember (laughs) having that fight with my parents i really wanted to be platinum blonde i was like about your teeth not about my teeth i really want to be a platinum blonde Yes, I loved blonde hair in like middle and high school. It was very trendy back then to have blonde hair. And I wanted it so bad. And my mom was like, no, no, no. It's going <laughs> to look so bad. And I remember we like used to butt heads about it so much because I kept dyeing my hair blonde and then dyeing it back and stuff. And But um, I remember telling Did my it mom look good? once. Uh, I don't yeah. have blonde energy. it's not a thing but okay no there is such a thing as blonde energy i really think so i don't think so i think uh, think these are all social i mean i guess social constructs are real but blonde energy was there a brunette energy yes what's the brunette brunette energy energy. it's our energy (laughs) (laughs) you is your do you dye your hair darker or is that your natural color you dye darker i dye darker although it's faded a lot but i dyed it in like end of December I wish I, I could I, I was dying it black every like three months but because of my scalp condition now I'm dying it less that sucks yeah. okay uh yeah uh he pushed them together by telling them to be apart and they got married he accepted it happy ending yes I mean, um, for now for now the story Anyways, is not a happy ending story it is not a happy ending story but to continue on with her career um 
1992, the same year she got married, she released the album entitled, and I'm so sorry if I butcher this, and Entre a mi mundo. Wow, I am white. It's no, that just say it like it's Japanese. Oh my god, just say it, say it like it was Japanese. I'm trying to think how you pronounce it. Do you know, but like, I mean, that probably doesn't actually work. But did you know that Japanese and Spanish actually do sound kind of similar in some ways because they have a similar uh, number of sounds and have similar sounds? Like, for example, um, uh, I, don't, I can't think of an example, but like you know how Japanese really only has like five or six vowel sounds. Spanish is the same. All the vowel, most of the vowels make very like the same sounds. And huh. I, I've Spanish speakers have said this to me. Interesting. Okay, because I took Spanish for five years in school, um, but I remember very little. No, yeah, I don't know. I know, as evidenced do, by me do, pronouncing Spanish. I love that. I understood that. Mikasa, su casa. I used to be able to pray in Spanish because I went to a Catholic high school. So I could <laughs> like the say, like the Lord's Prayer. Yeah, I could say Hail Mary. I could say Our Father and all of the other like Catholic prayers. Me, 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 pa, me, Padre. Who's uh, our Father? I don't know. Padre Nuestro. Oh yeah, yeah there you go. <laughs> Oh, anyways, um, so that album was her breakthrough album. It was released in 1992. It was certified 10 times platinum for sales of over 600,000 units. And nice. it contained the single Como Lo God. Como La Flor. Oh. Is this the one that's in the Yes, which is in Como the Como La Flor. Open that Como and share it with me. Also, if you could skip to the timestamp a minute 30 that would be great okay we are watching a live performance this was actually i think selena's last live performance um of slow down at work Instant corrections to watch an ad mistake free. No, no, we don't like it. keeping Sorry. it short. Okay. Okay, 130. Yeah, skip to a minute 30. All right. All right, I'll reflect on that for that's my favorite Selena song. Wow, so yeah, this is Como La Flor. Live mm-hmm. from the Astrodome. Yeah, yeah, Houston, do you know Texas. That is? Yeah, it's yeah. a fucking. I've been there. I've seen the Astros. That's the only place I've ever seen baseball in the U.S. Oh my god. Okay. So wait, no, I haven't. Cool. I'm sorry. I'm wait. Hang on. By the way, peep how many views that video has. Um, actually, I've never been to the Astrodome. Sorry. Uh, the Astrodome is the what they used to um have for the Astros. Now they have Minute Maid Park, but uh, I just know the name. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, but I want to describe a little bit of, of the video. Um, we're not going to share the songs. We're not going to share um, like audio, like uh, what's the word? Um, copyrighted. Audio that belongs to people. Copyrighted audio. Mm-hmm. And uh, she, yeah, so she's wearing this like awesome outfit. It's like, I love that outfit. A body suit kind of thing. And it like, mm-hmm. but it like shows off her stomach. So it kind of like, it's kind of like it wraps around her neck and around her, her mm-hmm. chest and then kind of goes down to the pants. And this woman's got a booty. She has the wagon. <laughs> she has a just like 
quite the butt like and she's she's got a very slim waist very flat uh stomach and then just like bam but like mm. sir mix a lot would approve she has booty and then some <laughs> yeah she and gorgeous and so she's wearing that and you know it's just uh she's singing and as rebecca was saying uh she's really great to see live even better than the recording she mm-hmm. just has this charisma and she really does like she looks like she's having a great time and she sounds amazing while doing this dancing and like you just want to keep watching her Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. great thank you for sharing that yeah i wanted to and uh yeah i recommend for those of you at home search the search it como la flor yes i think that whole live is worth viewing and listening to like i listened to that album yeah that live record that live album um okay the most of any of like selena's work because i love her live um but anyways um so yeah that album or that song that we just watched the performance of is considered to be selena's signature recording um so um anyways that that song is on that album and moving on in her career in 1994 selena Mm -hmm. opened two fashion boutiques oh i i knew that yeah yes mentioned before she um was very interested in fashion and was considered to be somewhat of a fashion icon she had two fashion boutiques called selena etc and this is a quote from one of my sources Hispanic Business Magazine reported that the singer earned over $5 million from these boutiques. She was ranked among the 20th wealthiest Hispanic musicians who grossed the highest income in 1993 and 1994. So these boutiques were no joke. She earned a ton of money from just two boutiques, but it speaks to her popularity. Both of them were in Texas. Um, and she had plans to expand, but obviously those fell through when she passed. Yeah. Um, but if you will scroll down in the document, I have a few other pictures. The first one is a picture of the band Selena y Los Dinos. Aww. Really yeah, cute. so I see the fan Selena y Los Dinos. It does look like dinos, you're right. Uh, yes. Yeah, so this is uh, Selena in the mi- Selena's in the middle. Mm-hmm. She's wearing also God, her fashion's so good. I know. Uh, she's wearing a top that is like sheer, except for around her chest, and it's black, and it's got like this kind of circular, kind of diamondy looking thing uh, right in the center of her chest, and then she's kind of wearing black shorts with that. And are those fishnet stockings? Looks like it. Yeah. I... And she's standing there, and she's surrounded by, I guess, her people in her the people in her band is that her dad behind her it looks like the dad other i don't think they have a a random member of the band who is like 20 years older than the rest of the band that's true well anyway she's surrounded by one two three four five men one of them who definitely looks like her father and then there's another woman off to the side who i assume is her sister that's in the band yeah that's suzette yeah how many siblings does she have believe just the two suzette and ab ab is also in this picture chris is in the picture you can see her her husband to be is also next to her i didn't recognize him for a hot second yeah 
Um, she is, Selena's just so photogenic. I know. Like, it, it's weird to say. I think, she, like, she obviously looks beautiful in the live and the stuff we saw, but I think she looks, some like, even more amazing in the photos. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if they touched it up or something. Mm-hmm. I guess that could be, but I just, she has this, like, energy. She's incredibly photogenic, and it's just, like, positivity. It's, yeah. like, real. I don't know. Yeah. She's got an award-winning smile. Yeah. Big time. Big time. Um, I'm obsessed. Yeah. But All right. If you scroll down, what I wanted to draw your attention to was oh, yes. Selena's fashion. I mean, I've already described her outfits, and they were amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Her outfits are so iconic. This is one of her... The first picture is a picture of one of her iconic outfits where she Bustier. wore the bustier uh (laughs) as a top and the uh, kind of bejeweled hat um, yep with the big earrings yep and uh some like high-waisted uh pants some high-waisted black pants with a belt that's got a bedazzled like belt buckle yes it's it's a whole look and i love it and we'll share these on our uh social media of course and it's this is a look it is a look and it is good it's a good look if you scroll down you'll see even more pictures of some of her stage costumes which she designed herself oh yeah the one on the right is from the video we watched i mean uh her butt i just i can't get over her butt (laughs) one can Um, never get over it oh my gosh she have like abs in that first photo I, i know i don't understand the the physics of her body that she has <laughs> like abs and then a huge butt dude her like workout routine must have been amazing like she must i mean this is a beautiful body she definitely yeah. i obviously she had gifts from god but like yeah. i think she obviously also worked out i i i assume she didn't have like surgery i uh, not to my knowledge i mean 23 yeah. would be I mean, I, I guess some get people do get surgery that young. But uh, is she, yeah, she's she must work out. She must have a really good workout routine because this is the this is the kind of body you do have to you gotta, like maintain. Uh, and it's gorgeous. Yeah, I do wonder. I didn't read anything about that, but like, yeah, she has a like very a, a body type that is definitely very celebrated now mm-hmm. um, in mainstream culture. Yeah. So, um, yeah, this picture is for of her costumes she said that she wore when performing left one's green it's like a bodysuit kind of thing but it's got this opening in the middle to show off her abs which is amazing um and the bottom are kind of bell bottomy uh the second one is another bodysuit uh this one's blue sparkly she has like i love the jacket it's kind of like a uh what would you it's like it's like a cropped jacket and it almost looks like a jacket you would actually wear when it's cold (laughs) um next one is a light blue uh this one is not a bodysuit it's a high-waisted pants and a top and she also looks like she has kind of kind of like a crop jacket on and then the last one is the one i mentioned in the video earlier uh yeah we'll share this stuff and it, it her fashion is fantastic i love her looks and i have i think i have two two one more page with pictures and these are more some more casual outfits Aww. but i just think her even her casual wear is great yeah uh yeah i can't describe all these but like yeah. the one at the bottom she's wearing some um she's got a cropped 
white t-shirt with a little cropped kind of white jean jacket, short sleeve jacket on top, and just some kind of high-waisted blue jeans. And she just those she has some hoops, earrings. Love the hoops. Are those kind of like cowboyish boots, but with a heel. They kind of are. She wears a yeah. lot of like, you know, the big belts, like kind of like all cowboy style. Yeah. Very Texas. Very this is very you're right. This feels very like my impression of Mexico meets Tech meets Texas. Tejano. Tejano. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, gorgeous and obviously an awesome fashion sense. If she designed, you know, those costumes herself and made these uh, fashion decisions herself and opened those boutiques, honestly, a treasure, true yeah. treasure with the wonderful voice, mm-hmm. gorgeous, um, and uh, fashion sense. Yeah, yeah, she's she's so cool. <laughs> um, but um moving on in her career as we sort of approach her tragic end um in 94 she released the album oh god amor prohibido i apologize um <laughs> it was one of the best in case anyone didn't know rebecca is a non-hispanic white lady uh, <laughs> <laughs> i, am I too. know that like i may have deceived you, with you my- yeah excellent pronunciation of spanish words um but i am a non-hispanic white person <laughs> um we have a uh, dna tests to prove it both of us i actually do i did you the do. 20 you did ancestry 20, oh, yeah no, oh, you did 23? I did, no i did i did uh ancestry and it came back i think it was 95 percent just from the british isles yep yep, yep. Yeah, I also did. I did Ancestry and Twenty Three and Me, and I'm about seventy to eighty percent British Isles, and then the rest of it is Europe. Yep, I think my other five percent was like Germany. So I know, don't you hate it when you take a DNA test and then just tell you that you're white? Well, congrats, you have so much privilege. Congrats. <laughs> Here's something you already knew. Here's something you already know. Um. Yep. Anyway, very sorry. Um, your next album. Anyways, but that album, Amor Prohibido, was one of the best-selling albums in the United States, just in general, wow. in 1995. It was is it in certified, Spanish? Yes. Wow. Certified 36 times platinum. It so that sold, means they sold, sold 3.6? It uh, sold, I guess, 2.16 million copies, which I don't understand how the platinum thing works. I don't understand how that works either. Oh, well. Maybe I'm incorrect with the figure, but regardless, two point six or two point one mil. What did you say? Two point one six million. Oh, two point one six million does not lie. Yeah, that's they very very successful album, mm-hmm. and uh, her success continued in '94. She won her Grammy for Best Mexican American Album. The album nice. that won was a live. It was a live recording. Um, because that's where she shines yeah i think she's great live um this was the first time a female tejano artist won the category and her final album which was the 1995 posthumous album dreaming of you was an immediate commercial and critical yeah critical success debuting atop the united states billboard 200 the first predominantly spanish language album to do so yep i've yeah, it sold, sold 175,000 copies on the first day of release 
which was a record for a female vocalist at the time. I, yeah, if you want your record to sell well, just pass away. Just die. Yeah, obviously <laughs> I don't recommend that. I just mean like that. Yeah, if you, yeah. if you, of course. Uh, did, you, did I, I think I mentioned Hey Arnold last episode. Did you watch Hey Arnold? Yes, I did. Do you remember there was an episode where there was a guy, I think he was like an artist, either music or book or something, and he pretended to be dead so people would buy more of his stuff? I mean, yeah. Sadly, it's sad that that's the way things are, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, you know, because it's like, I guess it's more special. Someone, I mean, first of all, if someone passes away, especially so tragically as she does, it's in the news and everyone knows about it. And then it's like, we're going to release this album. Everyone's like, well, I know who she is. I want to listen to it. And it's like, and we'll never get anything else from her. So I'll listen to it. Yeah. Anyway, just some. Um, So now we have gotten to 95 which is the year that selena was tragically murdered yeah so um i'm not going to i don't think i'm not going to give much like attention or talk about her murderer um because that's not the point of this podcast but um she's not my favorite murder this is but anyways she was uh she died uh due to um being shot the age Mm -hmm. of 23 by her fan Mm. club manager Mm. um her name was yolanda Mm -hmm. and yolanda so basically how this whole thing went down you kind of touched upon it before but Yolanda approached Abraham, Selena's father, about starting a fan club for Selena around 90, 91. And they agreed to allow her to do that. And she became a trusted, close friend to Selena and her entire family. Yeah. Um, so much so that she went on to manage Selena's fashion boutiques yep. as well. Yeah. Um, however, during the time that she was managing these businesses, she embezzled money from yep. them. Yep, she stole from them. I remember yeah. that. She embezzled about thirty thousand um, dollars. A lot of money. Yep. So, and yeah. she was confronted by the family about it, but she denied it. And um, at that point, you know, obviously the relationship between her and Selena's family became strained, but Selena continued to maintain contact with her she assisted her with a medical incident involving sexual assault um and after assisting her with that medical incident selena alone confronted her at a hotel in corpus christi about about was it was this about the embezzlement yes okay and this is where yolanda pulled a gun on her and shot her in the shoulder yep and unfortunately, Selena died from blood loss before even arriving at the hospital. Yeah. And obviously, Yolanda was arrested and um, sentenced to, she was sentenced to life in prison with the possibility of parole after 30 years in 2025. This is the maximum sentence that a person could receive in Texas at the time. So, um, really, that was a maximum you could get for what was it, second degree murder? Yeah. Life with the possibility really, now Texas- of parole was the maximum prison term allowed. The maximum prison was with the possibility of parole. 
Mm-hmm. Texas. Am I crazy? Texas. You were so like chill in the nineties, apparently. Um, something happened. Te- I don't know what. I mean, I don't know what they are. I, now I just imagine Texas being like, "We're just gonna hit you on a brick, hit you in the head with a brick, and we're done." Yeah, times have <laughs> changed. But, anyways, so, um, reactions to her death were compared to that of, you know the deaths of people like John Lennon, Elvis Presley, yeah. uh, JFK. Um, yeah. Her death was the front page, uh, was front page news in the New York Times for two days. Yeah. Um, and as I mentioned before, due to her immense popularity with the, Hisp- the Hispanic community in the United States, um, the news struck them especially hard. Many fans traveled thousands of miles to see Selena's house and boutiques and the, and the crime scene by mid afternoon, police were asked to form a detour because a line of cars began backing up traffic from the Quintanilla's houses. Wow. Yeah. And this fact is so cool. So an issue of people magazine was released several days after her murder. Um, like to commemorate the, like her passing. I'm sure you've seen like people will release like, you know, uh, like rest in peace prints and it will have the dates his life and then it'll yeah. be all about his life or whatever they did the same thing for selena okay so this issue sold out which um the editor of people at the time said that they had never had an issue completely <laughs> sell out it was unheard of so they did a second run that oh sold out too oh my gosh yes and because of this they uh, in the following months, the company created um, the Spanish language edition of People magazine aimed at wow. the Hispanic market, um, which huh. then prompted other magazines to do the same. So Newsweek started releasing a Spanish language wow. edition of their magazine. So she like sparked this huge change, like this broader, you know, like, yeah. scope. They they it realized, you those- know. Yeah, made those magazines and newspapers realize that there was a large Spanish language community that mm-hmm. was interested in their material. Wow, that wow, that is interesting, huh? Super cool and um, sad that it had to come from such a yeah. tragic event. But yeah, like, really cool. And on April twelfth, nineteen ninety five, two weeks after Selena's death, the then governor of Texas, George W. Bush. Oh, God. <laughs> At the time, declared her birthday April 16th, Selena Day in Texas. Oh, and he so... said that Selena represented the essence of South Texas culture. Huh. So Wait, George, that's pretty cool. GW. So that's that's the sun. That's the sun. Yeah. That makes sense. Yes. And huh. so yeah and as you know as you have mentioned during this podcast <laughs> there is, about the movie battle. finally there, i haven't even mentioned it i haven't even mentioned the movie uh, yeah i wasn't actually going i don't have much information on the movie other than that so selena's depiction in popular culture there's the 1997 film obviously which is very famous with j-lo um, oh yeah only like two it was only two years after she they yeah, really so they really they really like, they're like she died and then the next day they were like we're gonna make a movie yeah no okay. basically um wow. and so this this is the 
film though that catapulted j-lo into fame people like didn't know who she was before this film and um in preparation for this role j-lo um actually moved in with selena's sister suzette in corpus christi so that's interesting yeah i was gonna say i mean i don't i don't like i don't you know other than most of what i've been saying here i don't know that much about selena herself but like from the movie i just i feel like i just feel like j-lo did a good job i feel like she looks kind of like selena like she got the look she has the butt yeah Um, j-lo does have the the butt (laughs) and i you know i feel like she did a good job because i I think they also did intersperse some live footage of selena maybe at some part i I might i might be remembering it wrong but i don't know i just i guess she did a good job she did a good job from my understanding Mm. Mm. um yeah so anyways i need to see that film but that film's very famous i think it you know obviously uh is like a big part of why a lot of people know selena's like full yes 100 percent. only reason i own like the main reason that i know her yes yes and um in 2020 last year uh there was a series released on netflix entitled selena starring the actress christian serratos as as selena okay and um that was the first season or i guess the first part of a two-part series in may the second part is going to come out which will detail you know the like back end of her life um but anyways i've been watching that series i enjoy it i will watch it i will definitely watch it after this and you should you have to watch the movie you have to do your homework yes i do need to watch the 1997 Um, movie yes i do need to watch it the 2020 series is um it's very heartwarming cool uh, i will say but anyways um so yeah so um and tejano music which i didn't really explain during this cool. um it's basically it's tex tex max is like tex, like it's tex max music smack as music not, just put some not, cheese on it some guacamole and you are good to go live so, moss okay sorry <laughs> live moss is the tagline of this episode is the tagline of this episode no it's not um, so this genre fuses Mexican and American musical styles. It is influenced by actually Czech and German polka and waltz. Oh, that makes sense. So it doesn't actually kind of, it sure it makes sense. I'm gonna go with that. Admittedly, my knowledge of Tejano music outside of Selena is incredibly limited. Um okay. but in conclusion, Selena is a person who broke down many barriers. Um yeah. She was, you know, a Mexican-American woman. She uh, spoke Spanish as a second language, but managed to connect with a huge audience in a language that was not her predominant um, language, which I think is really an inspirational thing. She learned Spanish on her own. Um, Well, with the help of her father, but she didn't grow up speaking it is what I'm trying to say. She Mm -hmm. brought Tejano music to the mainstream. And she obviously inspired many, many artists today. Um, And I just think she, I didn't read like a single like negative account of, (laughs) and I think, you know, 
when you see her perform, when you hear her music, when you obviously these like biopics are, you know, it's drama, but like, I, I just, she seems like such a genuine sweet person and it's yeah. so, so yeah. tragic that she yeah. died so young because Gosh. imagine what she could have accomplished Gosh, if she had lived out her full life, you know, like she could have become a crossover success. She you would know? have, I think she would have. Yeah. Like, I, I think really think she would have. Her voice is like just as beautiful as like a Mariah Carey, a, you yep. know, Whitney Houston. Like she has an incredible voice and incredible yep. presence. Like she's so talented. Yeah. 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 It's a shame. It is. It is a shame. And we recently passed the 26th anniversary of her death. Um, and her birthday is in a few short days of this recording. 16th. Yeah. yeah. When we release, it will be. It will be, yeah. But yeah. What are your final thoughts on Selena? Uh, yeah, that was great. Learn a little bit more. Um, yeah, she was really interesting, really inspiring, really tragic. Uh, I, yeah, she just seemed like an amazing performer, an amazing person. And it just sucks that she died so young yeah Yeah. oh by the way before we close things out if you scroll to the bottom of the document the final picture i have is just the depictions of selena so on the yeah the left is j-lo and the right is christian serratos which to be honest with you if if we're just going based off of like physical appearance i think j-lo looks a lot more like selena than christian although i like christian's portrayal as well yeah, I mean, you know, obviously, if you're portraying someone, you don't have to look exactly like them. It's more about the um, the vibe that you bring. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But yeah. yeah, that is all I have for you. I hope you all have been inspired to listen to some of Selena's great music because she is a sweet, bright, beautiful person who's taken from us. Yep. Yep. Taken from us. Yep. Uh, yeah, and you should uh, listen to the music, watch the movie, and uh, watch the TV show. Yes. I will watch the TV show. Great. Nice. Awesome. Wonderful. Nice. That is your interest. It is yes. my interest. And this has been TMI. Thank you for listening. Bye.